It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hey everyone, I'm Ron Johnson and this is the Ron Johnson Show. On today's show, we're going to talk about Kevin Durant. Is he losing his mind or does he just want to win another championship? Roquan Smith with the Bears. Is the honeymoon period over? Are the Bears really ever going to be good again if they can't figure out who's on their roster? And then, of course, the Vikings had their night scrimmage. Looking forward to talking about what I saw, who looked good, and what's next for the Minnesota Vikings. Is this the championship year? Or is it a couple years down the road? Up next on The Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's The Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts... Hey everyone, welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. I'm Ron Johnson and you are listening to the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Well, it was time to put on the pads in front of the fans. It was time to introduce the team to the fans. But there's a few things about the night scrimmage that kind of, I mean, it's basically what we've seen already. And of course, we know the Minnesota Vikings are very close and they're trying to make sure that nobody really knows what this team is going to look like on September 11th versus the Packers. And I'm going to tell you why and what I noticed last night in the scrimmage. But before we get to that, we're going to bring in Sam Ekstrom, our producer, and we have a word from our sponsors. Have you ever needed just a little extra cash? Hey, gas is expensive right now. Uh, it's wedding season for a lot of people. You got those wedding gifts. You got to get gas in the tank. You might be making those trips up north to the cabin. Uh, you need a little bit extra cash. Use Dave, D-A-V-E. The Dave app is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. More money to fill that tank, buy that gift, catch up on bills, whatever it might be. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need that help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. Future you will thank you. Well, Sam, as we talk about the night scrimmage last night, you were there. And mm-hmm. one thing I got out of it was they were just going to have a regular practice. Um, we know in the past it has been, you know, I guess elevated a little bit, treated more like a game warm-up situation. Um, but this is no longer what people are going to be used to. Um, again, this is year one, so it's going to be some growing pains, figuring things out. Um, the entertainment value, and I don't know what you thought about it, Sam, but the entertainment value, um, I really thought it was a snooze fest. 
Like, it, it, there was nothing, you know, one-on-ones. There, there weren't a ton of one-on-ones going on. There weren't a ton of, like, hey, let's air this thing out for the fans. Let's have some fun. Um, the two-minute period, I mean, it was pretty basic. Um, I don't think that's what the two-minute period is going to look like for this team. Um, from a defensive standpoint, though, I will say this. Brian Asamoah, he looked really good. He is wearing number 33, so that's the old Dalvin number. I don't know if he's going to take that through the season or because we know linebackers can wear whatever number they want now. Uh, he wore 26 in college, but we know that number is taken, but who knows if he wants to get a new number. Um, but when you look at last night, that's the only thing I really got out of it was, well, one, Justin Jefferson catches the ball well, runs pretty good routes. Him and the quarterback are on the same page. Um, the DBs are playing through the play, meaning I saw some guys with catches, ball in hand, and then DBs coming out the last minute knocking the ball out their hand. Uh, I saw one tight end drop a ball. I saw another receiver get the ball broken up. Um, I did see Cam Dantzler, like try to come back through a, a curl route on Justin Jefferson and land on the back of Jefferson's legs. I'm like, bro, come on. Like, it's not that serious. <laughs> do not do not lay on Justin Jefferson's legs for any reason whatsoever tonight. Uh, there's no reason to run through him to make that play. Uh, but other than that, Sam, and maybe because I was having a lot of conversations about the upcoming uh, TV season, uh, we had a lot of people coming up. We were all kind of talking about, you know, Vikings fan line. We were talking about Vikings pregame show coming up Sunday, uh, you know, what the plans are for some of the, the Vikings Entertainment Network stuff. Uh, so we were really engulfed in conversation about the season. So maybe that's why I missed some of the key elements that maybe fans got. But for me personally, um, I didn't hear a ton of fan cheers and yays and oh my goodnesses. And like it was, I mean, other than I think Greg Joseph stole the show with the 60-yard field goals. I mean, yeah. I, I think that was the star of the night. Um, he got a standing ovation pretty much uh, when he made one with no, uh, no rush. So again, it's just all leg. But the fact that he was able to do it, uh, just shows that he has the leg to make a 60-yarder if he needs to win one from 57. Uh, hopefully, you know, there's not a big, toss 6'6 guy coming down the middle. But that's what I took from it, Sam. It, to me, it just seemed another one of those, look, we can't control the fans. We can't control what they're going to put on film on Twitter. We can't control the amount of cameras they're going to record us tonight. Let's just be basic. Like, even in the bunch sets, it was pretty much the same stuff everybody does. One guy goes to one level. Another guy goes to another level. Third guy goes flatter across the middle. Like, it's, it's the same stuff we've seen since college. So I, I get they're being very protective of what they're trying to build. Uh, they're not trying to put too much out there. But again, defense is defense, offense is offense. There's not much somebody's going to get from a Twitter video besides, oh, you see Justin Jefferson in the slot? Oh, you see Dalvin Cook lined up in the slot? We got to be ready for that. I get that. I do understand that. But at the end of the day, if I'm a defensive coordinator and I'm not ready for Dalvin Cook lined up in the slot, I need to be fired. Like I should be, I should be ready for anybody lined up anywhere. Like I should be fired. Like that is, this is not high school where all of a sudden you put a fullback out at wide and you put a quarterback out at wide and you run the wildcat and you can confuse people. In the NFL, if you run the wildcat, we should already kind of know what we're going to do if the wildcat happens to come. Why? Because it's your job. It's not a nine to five. It's every single freaking day you're working on football. That's it. It's your job. Five to six days a week. So if you're not ready for certain plays like that, if teams are not ready for you to motion Justin Jefferson across and shift Thielen over, okay, what were you doing this offseason besides on Hard Knocks Life? 
Um, so that's that was kind of my takeaway, Sam. It just for me, it wasn't really a, like it was a night scrimmage, but it wasn't uh, what I was expecting. I do get it though, because most of the guys had on the the, the white uh, padded helmet, so you knew there wasn't going to be a lot of hitting. Uh, you knew there wasn't going to be too much contact. Uh, so so I think it was just for the fans to see the players and the players to do what they're supposed to do, obligated. I'm here so I don't get fined and do the night scrimmage. But I don't know. What did you think, Sam? You nailed it. It was <sighs> lackluster. <laughs> did a lot of yawning last night. No, I mean, like, I get it. I get you got to warm up. You got to go through the paces. But it felt like an hour of just doing the individual drills where you've got the defensive lineman chasing a stick around and you've got the coaches with the, you know, the football on a stick trying to like knock the ball out of the running back's hands. Just a lot of, a lot of drills and not a lot of football. Um, right. And I felt like when they did play football, it wasn't that impressive. The red zone session was a big struggle for the offense. It seemed like weren't a lot of touchdowns thrown and that's a credit to the defense, I guess. But um, you know, Man Mannion and Mond had a pretty rough night. You didn't see a lot of good quarterback play beyond Cousins. They didn't do any wide receiver versus DB one-on-ones, which are often the most exciting drill. Like in past right. years, they've decided they've just said, "All right, we're going to throw fades for 15 minutes, and we're just going to let these guys go one-on-one." -on -one. And that was a ton of fun. They didn't do that. Um, you know, really the highlight was the, the two minute drill that cousins executed, had a few connections with, uh, Osborne and then Joseph finished it off. And then Joseph's kick at the end of the night, there was one point where Joseph was kicking on his own and he hit three uprights in a row. Um, mm -hmm. and that caught some people's attention. I thought, I don't know if he was trying to do that or not, or if it was just uh, bad luck, but yeah, when the kicker is the highlight of the evening, it probably wasn't a very exciting practice. And, and I felt like. <laughs> If that was the one practice you paid to go to and you kind of like brought your family, you might walk away a little disappointed. Um, and, and again, this coaching staff is not going to reveal anything to a large audience until, you know, week one. Yeah, and, and so I get it. I, I completely understand, um, even after my conversations uh, for most of the night. Because, again, when I, was, when I heard 7.30 start, um, I was thinking by the time I get there at 7.25, uh, players are pretty much coming out, warming up. They've already warmed up inside a little bit, stretched, and, and done the indoor. And that's what I think the pass was kind of like. It was a little bit more indoor workout, warm up, stretch, be ready to go. Because at Horn, we're going through periods. So period one is going to be individual. And then period two, usually right away, it was right to one-on-ones. And you're right. It was right to one-on-ones. Every, you know, running backs versus tight ends. Or sorry, running backs, tight ends versus linebackers, receivers versus DBs, and offensive defensive linemen like off in the corners uh, doing some one-on-one -on -one drills. And then you would come together for 707. And that's all the skill guys on one side. Then offensive line, defensive line are still over there doing their deal, whether they're split up now and they're kind of working their own stuff. But now 707 is what people want to see. They want to see the quarterbacks air it out. They want to see receivers run routes. Uh, they want to see the play, you know some of the big plays. And you don't have to show the fans a lot to still run 707. But at the end of the day, they're going to have to do stuff this weekend on Sunday. So why not push it to the limit a little bit? And not to say if injury's coming, it's coming. But sometimes if your body's going to give out, it's just going to give out. Uh, that's what I've learned about life, God. Like nobody's trying to do anything, but your body is just on its own clock. You know, like it's going to happen when it's going to happen. If you're going to blow your back out, you're going to blow your back out. It's going to go out. Like it's going to happen. Uh, if you're going to twist your ankle, and you play basketball enough, 
you're going to twist your ankle unless you really just protect it, put an ankle brace. Like, stuff's going to happen when it's going to happen, and that's the tough thing about it. Uh, it's about resilience and what's to bounce back, you know. And, and so that could have been part of it too. Let's make sure we don't get our guys hurt. Let's get through this night, walk away from this, everybody's healthy so that we can get a, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, and a Thursday practice in, Friday walkthrough, and then let's get on this plane Saturday and go down to Vegas, stay out of trouble, because if you don't play till 2.30, whatever that is, well, 1 o'clock their time, I think, or something like that. But you don't play till 1, so stay out of trouble. Veterans, we know you're not playing. Some of you guys already been told you're not going to play, so stay away from the table. You know, if you want 10, 15, 20 minutes, I get it. But stay, stay out of trouble. We don't need fans posting videos of you at the roulette table at midnight. Um, but we know it's going to happen, whether it's a private room or something. Like, we know some guys with some millions are going to reach out. Hey, hey, man, let's, let's, get, a, let's get a poker game. Let's get some private poker guys that we know to play poker because we're not playing tomorrow. Uh, but, yeah, stay out of trouble. Don't get in trouble when we get to Vegas. And let's go play a game and, and try to figure out what this roster is going to look like. But I think all through preseason, too, I think it's going to be plain. I think it's going to be vanilla. I think the plays are going to be pretty vanilla. We're not going to see a ton of stuff. You know, they're just going to work their stuff to see who, who mm -hmm. can just play football. And that's what we're going to get. Same with the defense. We're not going to see weird, crazy shifts and blitzes and moves. You're going to see guys just lining up. Here's our three, four defense. This is what we're gonna look like. Um, I get it though, and that and that's what it is. But Sam, as we jump into this next topic today, and you talk about the Bears, and you look at Roquan Smith requesting a trade. Not just him. You got Kareem Hunt. You had Kyler Murray at one point. Um, you got a lot of guys across, and you got some guys that actually made it work for them. You know, you got uh, yeah. AJ Brown, Marquise Brown, like a lot of guys wanted to force their way out of their team this year. Um, what should the Vikings feel about this? I mean, is this trouble in paradise? Is, was it Matt Eberflus? Is he the guy? I don't even understand his name. Nothing against his name. I just doesn't feel like an NFL coach's name to me. But that's just me. You know, give me the O'Connells. Give me the Belichicks. Eberflus? Sounds like a chemistry teacher. But that's just me, Sam. But when you're looking at Roquan Smith wanting to get traded, we're going to talk about that. But before we do, we have another word from our sponsors. BetOnline.net, Ron. They're the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can get the Vikings Raiders line there right now for Sunday's game. Find reviews and news of every league. NFL, NBA, NHL, golf as well. They're a great online resource for all your sports wagering information. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. Bet Online, where the game starts. Yeah, Sam, so as we jump into this, I, I named all the guys that, that have already requested trades this year. Uh, you, you now looks like Sam Darnold might be on the trade block. Um, dumb trade if they do it because if they're on the hook for money, might as well just keep them as a backup in case Baker Mayfield does what Baker Mayfield does towards the end of the season. Uh, but Baker, Baker Mayfield in Carolina seems like he's the number one guy right now. He has the edge. He's the guy. He's he's the guy. He's a vet, and he's younger. So he's a he's better than their draft pick as far as veteran caliber, and he's younger than Sam Darnold. So he's kind of the best of both worlds for them. Like, hey, we, we, we made an easy trade for a guy um, that's trying to prove it. He's on a prove-it year. Um, so he's really going to hone in on what we're trying to get done here. And maybe he's their guy. I mean, I look at Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill was written off in the NFL at first. He gets put into or introduced into an offense 
that is just built for him, meaning I can run the ball when I want to as a big, tall, fast quarterback. Um, I have the ability to hand it off to the best running back in football, and he's going to get me 100 to 200 yards a game. And then I have basic routes that are going to show me who's open early because they do a lot of shifts and motions. Arthur Smith did a lot of shifts and motions and made them one of the best offenses as far as I think at one point the stat when Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator, they were like the second most pre-snap motions in the NFL. That was like 2019 or 20. Um, but they were the second most. I think the most was the 49ers, and we know we've seen what he does out there but they were the second most pre-snap motions in the NFL. And I love pre-snap motions. I, I, I feel like when you come to line, unless you're going to hustle, 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 uh, I love it. Or I love the Peyton Manning where you don't know where we're going to line up until I'm ready to give you the play. Uh, both ways are effective. But, but you got it. You can't just line up without motioning or doing something because that helps the quarterback. When you motion and everybody moves with the shift or the motion, you know it's man. Uh, when you see guys back up and go nowhere and they're, and they're talking and they're just pointing, you know it's zone. So you kind of and, and again you you can disguise it as a defense. So you, you know some guys do the fake like oh yeah, yeah man back up back up and we know we're still going man we're just going to switch guys now. Um, when you know that you can automatically as a quarterback kind of pick your plays. When you look at the Bears now and their defense and clearly we know Roquan Smith wanted the contract and so whatever the Bears have in store right it's like look man Justin Fields is not our guy. We got to make a big push for a guy that we know is going to be a free agent and pay him a lot of money this offseason. We don't know if that's their plan. Or Justin Fields is our guy, and we just don't want to pay a linebacker. We we don't have an offense. Like, our, our receivers aren't good. Uh, our running backs are okay. Uh, our offensive line is, eh. You know, our defense has been our staple, but do we need to keep spending money on defense when that's just gotten us to the slime game in the playoffs on Nickelodeon versus Saints? We want to make it to the NFC championship like the Vikings. We want to figure out how we can get back to the Super Bowl like 0506. Like, how can we do that? And 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 I think they're 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 taking a look at well, what what are we missing? You know, what are these offenses in today's NFL doing to get to the Super Bowl? Chiefs, Bucks, Bills are right there. They're going to get offense. It's been offensive, you know, offensive te- Rams. It's been offense. Defense wins championships. We know. But in today's NFL, offense is going to get you there. And so I think the Bears are thinking, like, we got to spend more money on the offense. Like, we, we, we let Allen Robinson go because of money. We neglected to, to fill in. So, Sam, my thoughts about their offseason as a Vikings fan, if, if I'm a Vikings fan, I'm happy about the Bears' lack of, like, let's build this. They try. I mean, they're trying to kill Harry. It's a reach. You know, in basketball, like they say, you reach, I'll teach. It's a reach. I think they're going to learn their lesson. Nikhil Harry was a reach. I don't think he was the guy. And he's already hurt. So hopefully he can get back and show them maybe he's the guy. But I don't think that's the I don't think that's the player for that team. Justin Fields had Chris Olave. He had Garrett Wilson. I mean, he had some dogs. You know, he played with McLaurin. Like, he played with some absolute dogs. You got to go get him one of those guys. But that's, that's where I feel like I think the Bears have a ways to go as far as offseason moves next year, and maybe not signing another defensive guy to a big contract is part of it. Like, they already let Khalil Mack go. Like, they're kind of – they're showing you what they're doing. They let Khalil Mack go, and they're like, look, if you want to go too, go. Like, we're going after our offense. We need to build this offense up because that's what this NFL is about today. I don't know. What do you think, Sam? I think the Bears are going to be interesting to compare for the next several years because there, there was a day or two, Ron, 
where it looked like the Vikings were going to sign Ryan Poles, the GM. And then yeah. he ended up going to Chicago. He chose Chicago over Minnesota. So looking mm-hmm. at the Bears kind of tear it down, that's a look at what could have happened here in Minnesota. If Poles was in charge, that might have been the way it goes. And when you have a GM who comes in, who's trying to shake things up more than Quazy has, you're going to have people that are disgruntled. Um, It's not uncommon for a new regime to come in and rattle some cages. Um, I look at the Bears roster. I look at their, well, first of all, their moves this offseason. They lose Robinson. They lose James Daniels. They lose uh, Belil Nichols, Akeem Hicks, Jakeem Grant. And I don't see a lot of talent coming in. I mean, they have really depleted the talent pool on that roster. They're not paying a lot of guys. I mean, they're paying Robert Quinn, Eddie Jackson, and Cody Whitehair like $10 million or more. Otherwise, there's not a lot of money on their books. This seems like a teardown for the mm-hmm. Bears. Um, they might be starting from square one, and we don't even know if they have the quarterback yet. We don't know if Justin Fields is going to be the guy. So they, if he doesn't work out this year, they might have to find another quarterback next year and completely start from scratch. So the Bears are arguably behind the Lions, Ron, in the rebuild <laughs> stage. Uh, it, they could be easily a last-place team this year, the way I'm reading it, unless Justin Fields shows that he's taken a gigantic step. That's the only way I think that they're remotely competitive. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. Like, I, I do agree with that. Like, I, I, I look at the Lions – um, I look at the Bears, and I think the Lions, the only reason the Lions are getting the edge, and, and Steve Jordan made a great point about this yesterday, um, Dan Campbell. Like, a lot of people believe in this Dan Campbell uh, shtick, you know, the doing up-downs with the team, uh, running around, letting players kind of be captains now, uh, putting the putting the pressure on Jared Goff to be a good quarterback. Um, you haven't seen that in Detroit since way back when. I mean, it's been a while, because like Matthew Stafford, uh, we knew he what he was, uh, but then other than that, it was let's go get a ton of receivers and let's try to make this thing work. Um, but as far as like the quarterback really has all the pressure, meaning Matthew Stafford always had pressure, but everybody knew Stafford was good. So there was never really pressure there. It was these coaches suck or this organization is trash. That was the two narratives. It was never Matthew Stafford's fault, in my opinion, from the media. Like it never was like, man, Matthew Stafford cannot get it done. He's not good. Like, it was always Matthew Stafford is good, but this team like finds ways to screw up. Like they sign one too many receivers and not enough DBs, or they sign one too many uh, of this, but not enough offensive linemen. Like it was always something they were making mistakes with. Uh, but now Dan Campbell kind of comes in like, look, we're just going to spread the wealth out amongst all our positions. We're going to be very even keel, but we're going to have the heart of a lion. We're going to go out and we're going to, we're going to be blue collar. We're going to bite your kneecaps. We're going to fight, scratch, and claw to the end. <laughs> I mean, that's that's <laughs> what he's trying to get these guys to do. You see uh, Jamal Williams break it down and cry. You know, he's giving a speech, and he's saying, I, I, I want this so much, man. I saw the, law, law, the win total last year, and I'm crying, man. I love you guys. I want to win. Now, I don't know if he's doing that for hard knocks because it, it seemed a little Hollywoodish, you know, like looking into the camera and blah, like, eh. Maybe, maybe he's really feels that, or maybe it's the camera. Cause I saw one of the offensive linemen when he first started crying, it looked like he was laughing a little bit behind him. And then once he realized, oh, this dude's for real, then he kind of like buttoned it up and all surprised like, oh crap, I'm on, I'm on camera. Like I can't be laughing back here. <laughs> um, 
Because <laughs> we know when Kirk Cousins broke it down, people were laughing. Like, we know when Kirk Cousins tried to get the team going, people laughed a little bit in that locker room. Like, you know, but it wasn't all on camera. Guys had helmets on, so you couldn't see it all. So, you know, I, I, I get it. But the Bears, like I said, I, I think you're on to something as a, as, a, as a Vikings fan. What I take away, here's my takeaway for this, the payoff. As a Vikings fan, fans should be very excited because you're right. Like, it could have been a teardown. It could have been, let's get rid of Hunter. Let's get rid of uh, Barr, which they did anyway. But let's get rid of Barr. Let's get rid of Hunter. Uh, let's get rid of Thielen. Uh, let's get rid of some of these old expiring contracts. Harrison Smith, uh, guys that are good, but could we go out there and save some money and, and maybe be better for the future future and not like the immediate next two-year future? Um, let's deal with Kirk Cousins or maybe let's not re-sign him. Let's just let him go. Let's play one more year with him and be done with him. Uh, do we sign Justin Jefferson to 200 million? Probably not. Let's let's not do let's not do that. Uh, Dalvin Cook maybe. Let's let's move Dalvin if we can. It's a big salary. We have a bunch of young running backs. I think we can get it done with. Um, so yeah. So who knows what this team would have looked like? Um, Kevin O'Connell probably still would have been the coach. Probably I'm guessing. Um, I think that was who they had their eye on because that's what it sounded like from everybody. It was kind of a Kevin O'Connell. Like, it was, it was a match made in heaven. Quasey was just that other piece. Like, man, these guys really fit well together. Uh, but I think between Quasey and Ryan Poles, they both could have fit with Kevin O'Connell. They both, you know, could, could, could move in any space, any room. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think he would have come in and said, let's tear this down. Like, you know, let, let's, let's get an offensive line. I, I need to buy an offensive line. This is the part of the show I love. That's three questions, three minutes each. Sam's going to run the show, so take it away, Sam. Thanks, Ron. Uh, maybe you saw it last night. Andrew Booth Jr. for the Vikings picked up a couple defensive pass interference flags. That's been his kryptonite during camp. He's pretty mm -hmm. physical. He likes to talk. Um, and that physicality has been a problem for other Vikings corners, too, like Xavier Rhodes got a lot of flags. Mackenzie Alexander got a lot of flags. Jeff Gladney got a lot of flags. So, like, a young corner is going to be a little overly aggressive. Are you concerned at all about that over-physicality for Andrew Booth Jr.? Or do you think it's a good thing that a young corner isn't afraid to kind of mix it up and, uh, and get his body in there? So practice is one thing. Guys don't really care in practice a lot of times. They, they really want to make the play. Uh, they know it's not going to hurt them. They're testing their limits of their body. Like if I react at this speed, how long does it take me to get to the ball? Okay, yep, I ran through them, so now I got to dial it back just a half second. Um, receivers are the same way you know you'll see receivers try different moves different things off the line and then they'll be like oh that took way too long i gotta switch that up it's gotta be pop pop and not pop 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 you know so there there's there's a, a method to the madness i'll also say this back in the day there was another receiver that had to put on boxing gloves with his coach because he was way too handsy and holding and he became a pro bowler in xavier road and in, in one of the top corners in the nfl and so the fact that andrew booth jr is physical that's the one thing you can't coach you can't coach a guy on how to be physical you can coach a guy on how to be how to restrain himself um it's like mike tyson always said there's some guys that can box and there's some guys that can fight you can't teach a guy that can't fight to box because he's just not that's not him he's not a fighter but you can teach a boxer how to go at it and brawl like because he's a boxer he wants to do it um and you can teach a street fighter how to box but a guy that just doesn't want to fight at all you, you can't teach him how to box you can't teach him how to fight because he doesn't really want to get hit he doesn't want to hit somebody um 
That's like in football. A guy that doesn't really want to hit people, you're never going to really teach him how to tackle because at the end of the day, he's trying to find a way out of it. He doesn't want to go in there and put it and mix it up. So a DB that's aggressive, you can teach him to dial it back a little bit because aggression at the line of scrimmage, jamming the DB up. Uh, listening to Daryl Reed talk about this defense. If there's going to be a 3-4 defense that moves a lot, you're going to see a lot of cover two shells. You're not going to see a ton of man. You're going to see some three and some two. And so when you're in two and you're in a hard-pressed two-man trail, you need an aggressive corner that's going to keep the receiver at the line of scrimmage to not put pressure vertically on that safety. If you miss at the line, that safety is now put in a bind where he has to get out of there to stop that hole throw, and then that leaves that middle seam open. And that's where you always see that kind of pump outside to get the, the, the DB to move, and then you come back. And then you got the cat and mouse, uh, which I don't know if you saw the video of Ed Reed and Peyton Manning. I remember this, uh, of Peyton Manning constantly trying to bait Ed Reed. And, you know, Ed Reed would do this move where he would reverse out, and you knew he was going to go all out for the ball. And so Peyton was betting on that. Well, Ed was betting on, on Peyton thinking Ed was going to bet on that. It was the funniest thing ever where Ed flipped and then flipped <laughs> again and went back and picked the ball off from Reggie Wayne. And Peyton's like, you can see him on the sideline cursing, kind of mad. And then when they finally met and talked about him and Belichick, he said, yeah, said the whole week I knew what Ed Reed was going to do. So the fact that, you know, a DB you can get like that that early, you could teach him to be great. And so, no, I'm not worried about that. It's one of my favorite Mike Zimmer lines about corners. I'd rather say whoa than go. True. Rather say whoa like than go. And that applies to Andrew Booth Jr. All right. Um, in the NBA, Kevin Durant has laid down an ultimatum. Trade me or fire the front office. Um, first of all, Ron, what's going on with Kevin Durant? And second of all, if this leads to the Nets blowing things up, should the Wolves consider swooping in Trying to get Kyrie Irving. I don't know if Durant is attainable. I mean, the Wolves have no picks left. He's got he's a $40 million guy, but Irving maybe. Give up D'Lo for Irving? Maybe. What do you think? I say do it. Um, I, I, Kevin Durant, yeah, no, you have no shot unless he's willing to take nothing and the team is willing to, like, just bow out and say, hey, look, I don't care. Give us whatever you got. Uh, Kevin Durant's gonna gonna require too much, and the one team again, we go back to this: the one team that has enough to get them is the Warriors. They can move on from Wiggins even. And so, if you think about that, if you think about moving on from Wiggins, uh, you get to keep Draymond, Clay, and Steph. You can move Wiggins. You can move some of the other pieces, and you get Kevin Durant back. That's the championship team you had that you needed to take down Thanos because they could not beat LeBron without that. Uh, a healthy LeBron with Kyrie and Kevin Love, you couldn't beat them with Draymond, Steph, and Clay. It, it just wasn't going to happen. And so that's why they went out and got Kevin Durant because they're like, look, man, we need help. Like, this dude is just bigger and better than we thought. Like, Kyrie is ridiculous. And so when you see Kyrie one-on-one, -on -one, he's the best ball handler in the NBA. He's one of the best, like, one-on-one -on -one players in the league. He also is a facilitator and a team player, and he knows the game. Um, he's a guy that can play the two-man game with Cat, and then Cat and uh, Gobert can get the bigs out of there because they can shoot the mid-range, especially Cat. He can shoot the deep ball from three. So you can get those guys out. If they're not protecting the rim like we saw the Celtics, because the Celtics bigs do the same. Al Holford and those guys spread it out. Kyrie was able to create and go. That's where the Nets kind of struggled because they never had all the guys together. So I say go get Kyrie. I, I would do it. I don't know if they'll do it. Um, but why not at this point? And then if there's a way to like somehow the, the Nets trade 
Kevin Durant for Wiggins and some pieces. I'm going back to the Nets and say, give us Wiggins. Like, we'll give you this guy for Wiggins and then let uh, Wendell Moore be your uh, be your point guard, get rid of D'Lo for Wiggins, and then Wiggins comes in, and now he's your solid two or three in that. And you get Wendell Moore back, Wendell, I'm sorry, Wendell Moore Jr., and then you get uh, Wiggins back. And you know Wiggins now knows how to win, and he's not afraid to take over a game and do what he does. So, hey. I'm I'm just throwing it out there. There's some, some some possibilities out there, but hey, I'm not I'm not opposed to any of those. A lot of dominoes to fall here, and I think the <laughs> Wolves need to be a little worried too, because if Durant and Irving are each going to get new teams, what if they end up being in the West? I mean, right now they're kind of hidden in the East. Wolves don't have to yep. worry about them. What if they both come West, and then the Wolves' path to that top four seed gets a lot harder? I think that'd be one reason to get Irving. Just block somebody else from getting him. Last yep. one. Uh, ESPN has labeled the offensive line as the biggest Minnesota Vikings Achilles heel that could prevent them from making a run. Maybe you saw something last night, Ron, at the scrimmage, but what could prevent, or I'm sorry, what could enhance the Vikings offensive line? What could make it not be a problem in your eyes? Uh, Kirk Cousins. And this is what I say that. I, I, when I keep hearing buzzwords like, autonomy to change plays, uh, ability, uh, in-game checks. The fact that Kirk Cousins is going to have that ability, now whether he does it or not, because I'm, I'm guessing he has the ability to call a timeout. And, and this is the other thing, man. Like, he might not know when to call a timeout. He might not understand it because for so many years, he's been told that, uh, you know, I, I can't call a timeout. Like, I heard a story at church about fleas. You know, like, they put these fleas in a in a in a jar and twisted the lid and fleas would jump and hit their head. And so eventually those fleas would not jump out. They just wouldn't. Cause they're like, I don't, you know, once they took the lid off, they were so used to hitting their head and that, that, you know, not realizing, Hey, look, I can jump out of this. No problem. And then one day one of the fleas jumps out and then the other fleas realize, Oh, we have the ability to jump out. So they jump out. And the whole moral of the story is uh, you have the ability uh, when you're, uh, but you never really know until you try because you always assume you're being limited. Kirk cousins was always limited. He's always had that, like, uh, timeouts aren't mine. You know, because they would ask, hey, why'd you call a timeout there? Timeouts aren't mine. I don't, I can't call a timeout. That's the coach's timeouts. So hopefully he has that ability and he has the ability to make mistakes. Sometimes he calls the wrong timeout at the wrong time, but they can just live and learn. Uh, when he realizes the lid is gone, that's what we hope to see. But is Kirk Cousins going to play with the lid on the whole season? If he doesn't, then the offensive line can be really good. And I say this because of this. When you have a guy in the A-gap, you can change the play so the center doesn't matter anymore. Like, he doesn't really have to block the guy the way you think or the way the defense wants him to. If a guy comes up on the other side of the edge for the tackle and you got two guys barreling down, uh, one in the five, one in the seven technique, and they're going to try to do some twists, you can just run a toss the other way if, if the numbers match to run the ball because it's called a count. You count the middle linebacker, and you count left, and you count right. And then you put the middle linebacker on the center. The center, that's your guy. Now, can he get sacked in less than a second? Yeah, we've seen that. We've seen some guys get blown back into his lap. But hopefully Kirk Cousins does enough that the offensive line now is helped. And that's how they get better. Uh, just run, just get to the line and just having to run the play because you can't check out of it. I think that was one of the biggest problems. Um, but yeah, that's just me. I don't know. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I think you're right. And also Ezra Cleveland taking another step. Ed Ingram being really good. Like, if you have your tackles set and your guards set, Garrett Bradbury might still struggle. But if you have four mm -hmm. out of five that are, that are above average, 
that's a huge help. So Cleveland improving, Ingram being a surprise, that could be enormous for this team. Yeah, and Garrett, Garrett Bradbury just doesn't have to step. Just don't, don't step on the quarterback's foot. Don't get blown back so early that he can't even get from under center. Uh, but maybe they go shotgun because Matthew Stafford was in shotgun a ton, and maybe that stops that stupid, you know, step on his toe, fall back. I mean, you got to get under center every once in a while to run the ball. Um, but then that that way the guard, the center's going forward so he doesn't get blown back or at least he gets to stonewall and stand still. Um, but maybe that's the way. Maybe go and just don't don't hike the ball over his head, you know, be be solid and give Kirk Cousins just a little bit of time. Because last night, of course, they weren't rushing and he looked good when he had time. But he always looks good in the pocket when he has time because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL with a clean pocket. We know that. But that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show today. This is the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network. We want to thank you all for subscribing, download, listening. Please continue to do so on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.